With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. What do Cleveland Browns fans and my ex-wife have in common find out today on what the elf was that you're listening to the what the elf was that podcast an iconoclastic look at the latest cleveland browns news the what the elf was that podcast is part of the fanatical elves podcast network a part of the fans first sports network here's your host joel cade what the elf was that Welcome back to another show. Got with me today, John Suchan. Say hi, John. I think he's frozen on me. You start this whole thing and then the guy freezes on you. Say hi, John. How is everybody tonight? Oh, there we go. All right. So today we thought we'd pick on John Suchan's favorite topic, Randy Gersey. John, why do you hate Randy Gersey? I want to know. Man, wow, that came out of left field. <laughs> Randy, I don't, I don't Randy, I do not hate you. Wherever okay. you're listening to this. Where right. <laughs> there are no Randy, come out with no, something. I man. know. Why do I hate Randy Gersey? Randy Gersey. Well, let's see. So Randy uh, Gersey is the site expert for Dog Pound Daily. John and I both write for Dog Pound Daily. And uh it's just been a kind of fun thing to watch Randy and John go at it on chat messages so i just want to know why well my next question is why do you hate the uh, kevin stefanski but i'm not getting there yet so now i wrote a really good piece about kevin stefanski a couple weeks ago for northeastern sports insiders and talked just about how you know the the uh, consistency or at least that continuity that the browns have now brought in with him Mm-hmm. Going into year four is something unusual for us Browns fans. And so I don't right. think we quite know how to handle it, but yeah. 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 With all that continuity, you're going to have good seasons, bad seasons. That's right. It's just, the thing is just to keep on the same thing. So on today's show, we're going to talk about the new Browns logo. The, uh, the interesting news with Perry on Winfrey. And of course, we have the Ravens hate, and we're going to have to figure out what the Borg are up to next. And one of the reasons why I brought John on was because John was very interested in one of the topics from last week. So I've got to let him have his piece. He tried to talk about it with some other people, and I think they just weren't listening. So now we've got to give him a real chance. So the Browns have unveiled a new logo. Have you seen the new logo, John? Yes. And what did you think of the new logo? Um, cool. There are some things added to it that, you know, you had to do like a second and third take. And I know that the Cleveland Browns have come out with a description of what all those things are. Oh, there it is. Yeah. For those of you who are watching, uh, you can see the logo. It's now up, but go ahead. Keep going, John. No, it's just, it's interesting that all these things are there. Um, the fact that we invest so much time as an organization and, 
to come up with a new logo and want to make sure that all these things that we see here, if you're watching this on wherever, are described in detail. I just think it's funny um, that we go to all these great lengths. It's cool. It's a dog. We are the dog, the dog pound. So I don't care what, I mean, I know there were some finalists. They were showing some other candidates before they picked this one. There are so, a couple that look like they had rabies, man. I mean, yeah. I thought like, like, oh my gosh, like go get that dog a shot. I mean, the Ohio <laughs> thing, like, okay. So like in the corner there, you see the dog in the, in the, in the ear. Well, if you look at the, the logo itself, it's not as, I don't think as crisp as it's showing there. Um, mm -hmm. I think like, okay. So like the helmet stripe. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. That's like, well, let, let's the... go over what's yeah, on the, okay. on the logo first. Yeah. Okay. So there's a helmet stripe and it's just striped down the front of the dog head, right? A nod to the iconic feature. The logo features a center stripe that adorns the classic Brown's helmet. So there's this little stripe on the helmet <laughs> on the dog. Then there's the pound helmet. Okay, I don't even understand what this is. <laughs> right. As another nod to the original 1980s dog pound, the iconic maskless helmet shell worn by Browns Faithful at Games is hidden on the top right highlight. I mean, is that like one of those construction hat things? No, I think it's like the guy, the iconic maybe back in the day and that when they started out with the dog pound, some fans would wear those helmets that were like without the the the, the stuff in the front they okay as a i fashion statement somebody's I mean, gonna have to show me a picture that's a this. stretch i don't get this i yeah, don't even understand how that looks like a, a helmet shell anyway so oh i guess i could see it like like on the right top is the yeah is the, the front and the bottom right the left is like the ear part okay i can see that i can see that okay <clears throat> the guardian bridge cleveland's hope memorial bridge makes up the space below the jowls Fortifying the bond between fans, team, and city. Okay, I don't know much about dog terminology, so I don't know what a jowl is. But this thing is like around its mouth. Like, right. If you it's, don't point that out, I don't see that. Not on the original. Like, I mean, they've got everything broken up here nicely that we can see, but on the actual photo of the new logo, it's like, really? Like, where is that? Okay. I don't get, yeah. Okay, Guardian. Bridge, then there's okay. Spikes. The collar hmm. features eight spikes, evoking intensity in their form and tradition in number, with the Browns finishing championships, champions eight times in their history. So there are eight spikes for eight Browns championships. Oh. Then there's a guitar pick. At the center of the tag lies a guitar pick as a nod to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It hmm. just gets better. You ready, John? Yeah. On the outline of the, <laughs> the outline right. of the Cleveland Municipal Stadium makes the design of the tag paying homage to the city by forming a C and the original of the dog pound with the highlighted East zone end zone. So See, basically is... it's like the outline of the municipal stadium, but cut in half. Right. It's just dumb. I'm sorry. We're just, we're just talking. We're so like, this is, so Cleveland Browns, like I mean, no, do we no, see I'll tell you what this is, John. This is we have six weeks until actual news. And I mean, so, I'm looking at this it is like what we have. If you're watching us, like I'm like scooting up here trying to read what you're like and really seeing all these details. This is like too much, man. So we're okay, talking about a ball. We're so, talking about a we're talking about a dog that's going to be drooling and all this stuff. I mean, it's the kind of dog that you know it's it drools. Drool. It's based yeah, on the dog the drool. rainfall. Yeah, that where's that? Gets... Yeah, where's the dog drool? <laughs> In April, that brings May flowers. All right, the <laughs> football. <laughs> the football. The nose of the dog is in the shape of a football, just as the, the dog pound. The mascot has a nose for the game. The nose of the of it's a shape of a football. The nose, that white part of the nose, is supposed to be in the shape of a football. How the hell is that a? No, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying. But then the the piece de resistance, the the thing that makes it all worthwhile, right? Is this thing they call Ohio? The highlight of the top left corner of the mighty bull mastiff's right ear is the shape of Ohio. That's not Ohio. Called home for seventy five years. That in no way, shape, or form looks like the state of Ohio. 
Now, no. I've read some comments, and apparently if you take this thing and put it on your phone and twist it or turn it or something, it looks more like Ohio. I don't, I've tried it. I oh. still don't see it. Okay. I still don't see it. To me, it just looks like the same <laughs> thing, but just harder to see when you twist your phone to the left. Uh, so I there see, it is. I look, I'm reading some of your comments, too. Um, <laughs> on the side. Oh, no, of we'll your, get to the comments. We'll get to oh, the this comments. Is, I'm, I'm having more interest in that. That is just crazy. We'll get to the comments. All right. Trust me, we're going there. So the winner of the dog logo, right? There were five of these logos out there, right? Mm-hmm. And so they were going to have all the fans vote. And so they set up this situation. They put them out there. The fans voted. Then they narrowed it down to like four, then three, or is it just three, then two, then to one. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that the fans voted on to say, this is the one we want. How many fans voted? Like two? I don't know. I don't know how many fans voted on the dog logo. Okay. But I want to give Browns, Cleveland Browns, the team credit. We have entered into this six weeks of death is what I call mm-hmm. it. The six weeks of no Browns news, no Browns camp, no nothing. This is just the time that you're hoping that people don't get arrested and ruin your season. So as you pray at night that Browns players don't get arrested, they're not going to Vegas dressing up as Billy Billy football or whatever. You know, you're just trying to get them through six weeks. You're like this bizarre ritual of can these grown men stay out of jail for six weeks? And yet, like the little countdown and stuff. All right. So there's no news, there's no nothing. But credit to the Cleveland Browns for keeping things interesting by like saying, hey, let's go out, let's have a competition, let's keep fans engaged, let's Mm. make this happen. So now let's ask the question, what are Browns fans saying about the the dog Mm. logo? So let's, let's take a look here. Comment number one, if I can get my thing to work here. Comment number one. There we go. It's comes from, let's if I can click on this and make it bigger. Maybe not. I'll just have to read it to you. Come from Johnny, Ohio. Mm. And he says, sorry, but what a missed opportunity. Just because it has Easter eggs doesn't make it pleasing to the eye. <laughs> I wish you'd just do an outsider, like off the street kind of take. Ask people, does this look good? And I really know, and I really, and I already know what the responses are going to be. <laughs> All right, so he's not real impressed. He thinks if you just go out on the street and you ask people about here. By the way, here's if those of you who are looking. This is the thing without all the descriptions of like this thing's Ohio and this is. A oh wait, I see the stadium. I see the stadium. Wait, <laughs> this thing's a stadium. You know, there, there's all the other things. Okay, let's go to another one. Let's just stop that one. Killing me, killing me, Smalls. Let's find another. Another, we already talked to football guy, Johnny Ohio, right? Yes. We've already talked to that one. Let's look at this guy. So this was this guy say. This guy says, garbage. Mm. So he's channeling his inner Pac-Man Jones to let us know that the dog logo is garbage. Maybe it's hanging around with Terrell Pryor somewhere. And he got, what, 48,000 views for that? 48.1 thousand views. Who is this? Ethan Ethan Kowalowskiya? Oh, you know, he's a Guardians, Browns, and Cavs fans from West Allis, Wisconsin. All right. There you go. Okay. Good job, garbage, Ethan. Okay. Garbage. I just, you know, the whole Terrell Pryor is garbage thing. You know, you don't (laughs) know about my love affair for Pac Man Jones. Pac-Man Jones can do no wrong for me. I think he is. I've written the same article like three times for Dog Pound Daily about how the Browns should sign Pac-Man Jones. If Pac-Man Jones would come out of retirement, my first article would be the Browns need to hire sign Pac-Man Jones. (laughs) Pac-Man Jones, man, it's some brave stuff. Is he still in the league? Oh, no, he's he's long gone. Okay. so here's uh, Jason Poland. Not impressed. Wow, now Jason Poland. Let's see who Jason Poland is. Now Jason Poland only got 466 views, and he that's okay. He should have said garbage, or he right, could have said I mean, garbage, not is... garbage. He could have said not the, garbage. He, he could have gotten more. <laughs> well, let's look who he is. All right, so you ready for this? He is yeah, yeah. At walk off sixteen, you. 
baseball at, coach and obsessive fan of Browns at Ohio State football, at Ohio State hoops, at mm. Tigers, and at Waffle House. Ooh, there Waffle House, there go to right there. Isn't there a new song called Waffle House? I think some groups got Waffle know. House. Oh, okay, so I'm looking at all these things. I don't think I have any more. I think this is it. That so was enough. All these that things, was enough. And I realized something. That the Cleveland Browns fans are just like my ex-wife. Because you could give them everything they want, the way they want it, and the way they've asked for it, and they still complain. <laughs> Be like, hey. Like, like, hey, Joel, I need this. Okay, how do you want it? I want it like this. I want it like this. Look, you do exactly what they want, and they're still upset. I could give my ex-wife a million dollars, and she's going to be mad about the way I gave it to her. You what? You gave me this in hundreds? How am I supposed to hit it in hundreds? I don't know. You break it down. I, mean, I don't know what you're going to do with it. This is what I'm at, talking about. They're, they're at like, least this isn't your current wife. This is good news. This, this is, this good is news. why they're called ex-wives. Yes. Ex-wives. Yes. And Browns fans are kind of like my ex-wife. They just, they just want to be like, oh, I don't like this. I voted for this, but I don't like it. I mean, what, what are the Browns supposed to do? They like they come out, they give you options, right? And they like say, hey, tell us what you think. And then they vote on it. And you vote. I mean, I voted on these things. The ones uh-huh. I wanted didn't win, but I voted. Oh. Right? It was just something to be a part of. But like, oh, this is garbage. I'm not impressed. Let's go to Waffle House. You know, I don't, I don't like <laughs> the Browns can't win for anything. That's all I'm saying. Oh man, no, I agree. I the whole, I mean, it's cool that the the, the Browns are doing some things to you know preoccupy our minds for the next mm-hmm. you know four or five weeks. When when do they go to Greenbrier? I was trying to look that look that up recently. I think they they head there like six a week. weeks. Is it six weeks still? They, they well, I mean, it's gonna be like five after this week. But they had okay. um they had their mini camp early, right? Because. They're going to go. They play in that Hall of Fame game, right? Isn't it like Yeah, August they're going to play in the Hall of Fame game. I think it'll be good for them to get that extra practice with all the new coaches and stuff. You know, hey, I, speaking I, of, I just wanted to let you know, I was looking this up too, you know, how, do, how we're killing time and how you're saying how the players, you know, at least they're not going to Vegas. Did you see, uh, I just wanted to confirm this, but uh, Watson, our quarterback, he didn't go to Vegas. You know where he went? Did you see where'd this? Where'd he go? He's in Turkey. He went to the Champion League or Premier League game with his girlfriend or wife or whoever he's so he was Good in, for him he went to turkey like, just just don't get arrested right <laughs> and just be careful i mean you get arrested in turkey i don't know if you're ever coming back man well I, that's what i'm a little concerned you know the guys are you know crossing half the half the world to go to a premier soccer game but as long as he's back to in greenbrier you know he could really take advantage of those massages Oh sorry, my gosh. Okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> gosh. Come on, man. All right. All right. Speaking of uh, garbage, let's talk about Perion Winfrey. Ooh. So, there's a hot topic. Perion Winfrey, you might recall, back in, I think it was April, I believe, got arrested for willingly, intentionally, and knowingly causing bodily harm to his girlfriend. Apparently, he grabbed her in some sort of way. Well, apparently, last Friday, his charges were officially dropped due to him completing a diversion program on domestic violence. So for all of you who are wondering, you know, here's the kickoff to the six weeks of no news. We're already starting the first day with people's legal issues right off the bat. So mm-hmm. at least this one's good news. Perry on Winfrey. Yeah. you You got out of jail free this time. Although yeah. I don't think that was free. You know, the, the buildup on him too, you know, I had some podcasts or two back when they drafted him talked to a group of guys from Oklahoma, a Sooners fans, mm-hmm. and they talked a little bit about Winfrey's background and suggested that some of these things um, <laughs> were Might be coming. Yes. And, you know, we were all engaged. I was super excited. You know, I know Randy Gersey, my boss, and I got into this. We debated about. See, why you do know, you hate Randy? Right. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Randy probably hates me because I haven't been been producing as many articles for Dog Bond Daily of late, and I feel like I've, right. I've 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 left him out there, you know, to to fend for himself. But <laughs> uh, I started an article th- three nights ago, and I'm still not done. So I'm feeling a little guilty. So nobody I likes don't... a quitter. Yeah, nobody likes a quitter. <laughs> but remember when Winfrey came out, man? He was 
barking and he was doing all that fun stuff. And we were like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, this guy's mm-hmm. going to tear it up in the league. But no, hasn't hasn't happened yet. And now no. he's wasn't he a fourth round pick? Yes. OK, so man, he should have some motocrime, but he's His not going to be like the superstar. Well, his other uh, fellow teammate was Thomas. Um, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. And do you think he makes the team this year? Do you think they'll keep? I don't know. I mean, both of them came from this defensive style where you just like rush up field as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this isn't going to be what, what right. what's going to happen now with Jim Schwartz. He's going to want you to fire in, use some technique, play some smart football. So Schwartz isn't going to be really like blitzing as much. Like I've been, well, I think he'll, some other, yeah, I think he'll blitz, but I, the style, when you're going to start doing a reading react defense, those are more of your bend, but not break defenses. Mm-hmm. Now I think he wants to augment that by get up field and attack, mm-hmm. but those defenses are kind of like, when I, mean, I played this in high school, I played in one in college and I've coached these things. The idea is just to kind of like, force a team to go down the field very methodically by not giving up big plays. Mm -hmm. And so if you can just put yourself in position to make a play at the line of scrimmage or a yard down the field, you're asking the offense to be very um, methodical and and on, on tune. So go ahead. No, you're hoping then for the, the Schwartz is hoping that they, they bend, they don't break, meaning that we'll give up field goals. The goal is to, you know, limit. Well, the goal is to force an offense to not make a mistake. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to be um, efficient to the point where you're not making a mistake, not, right. not getting the penalty. Right. You don't want to give up the big plays because the big plays are what gives up points. So yeah. almost every drive in the NFL, when there's points, well, there's a big play give, or you start yeah. in the opponent's territory. So if you don't give up the big plays and you make someone get five dink and dunk, five, 10, 15, you know, five, seven, 10 yards of play, mm. you're going to force them to run like 10, 15 plays. Well, in that mm. time frame, the chances of you making the penalty and shooting yourself in the foot is pretty high. Right. Not that this has anything to do with what, well, it kind of has something to do a little bit with what you said. I was NFL network had the old Cleveland Browns versus Pittsburgh Steeler playoff game from 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. It was January and not to bring back a bad memory for us Browns fans. But we really were dominating that game, and we were actually up in twenty-four to seven with the ball in Pittsburgh territory. And you talk about how offensive teams, you know, you want to force them into making a mistake. Kelly Holcomb was having a great game. It was a snowy day, miserable conditions. He made a um, a mistake where he didn't see the uh, linebacker who was able to pick him off, and le- legitimately, the Browns probably would have gone up twenty-seven to seven at the very least. But that sort of that moment, it was halfway through the third quarter that started kind of that shift to what then Cleveland couldn't hold on in the end. But that's another that's an example, I think, of where, you know, Mm -hmm. you want to, you know, the Browns are really doing a good job in that game. And but they made a mistake. Yeah. And you want to force the opponents to make those mistakes and then get momentum back on your side Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So, well, we got to we got to pay the bills. I got this boss. He's a taskmaster. He says, "Look, you got to make sure you have a break in your podcast." And then when I make these podcasts, he's always texting me like, "Where's your break at?" So we're gonna at 22 minutes now take our our station break. All right. So on the on the other side of the break, we'll get into Ravens hate, and we're gonna get into the NFL owners. All right, hang on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. And we're back. So, John, do you like the Ravens? Hell no. All right, good. So we're on the same page. <laughs> so I'm not a big Ravens fan. I, I pretty much just hate the Ravens. I, I enjoy this segment of your sh- – I enjoy this segment so much of your <laughs> this show. This is what I live for every week when I listen to your show is this Ravens hate segment. So I'm glad that I'm part of this episode. Oh, great. So, you know, it's going to get harder and harder and harder to these Raven hate, you know, despite what everyone thinks of Lamar Jackson's balls. It's it's going to get harder and harder to continue doing the Ravens thing when there's no Ravens news. But I did spy the other day a picture ah. of Odell Beckham Jr. heading into camp. So I want to show this. <laughs> and for those of you watching at home. There it is. Odell Beckham Jr. coming into camp. And for those of you who can't see it, this is a picture of Sheila Bose with a bag over his head that says, I am not famous anymore. The problem is, Odell Beckham Jr. is famous, so the bag she really just says, I am not good at football anymore. And I think it'd be accurate. I don't understand why he's famous. I don't understand why people give a crap. I don't understand the dude can't play wide receiver. But he's like he hasn't played in a year. He hasn't been good in like five years. But he's still famous. He just sucks. So at any rate, I'll, I'll take that off the screen for some of you. No, I'll just leave <laughs> that there for right now. Oh yeah, Odell Beckham trotting into camp, and as he trots into camp, he's got a whole bunch of things to say. So apparently, OBJ feels good at minicamp. Mm. So here's my first question: Who doesn't feel good at minicamp? I mean. This is not news. <laughs> this is the time of the year where you come to minicamp and you're actually healthy. You should be feeling good and healthy. But here's a famous quote or a good quote that Mr. John pointed out to me. Odell Beckham Jr. says, and I quote, I feel good. It feels good to get out of bed and not feel pain. I feel like if I need to take off running right now, I could take off running. Those words are not inspiring confidence in me. This is your wide receiver, and the best thing he can say about himself in camp is that it feels good to get out of bed, and if I want to run, I can actually run. Amazing. You hope. You'd hope if you were a Ravens fan. For me, I think this is comical. But if you were a Ravens fan, you would hope that your star receiver, the guy that like is supposed to be – I saw some article where somebody was ranking the best new wide receiver quarterback duos and Lamar Jackson and OBJ were supposed to be the second best new quarterback duo, quarterback wide receiver duo. Oh, wow. Which I thought was like, how do you say that? The guy hasn't played in a year. Well, and and the last I think, time we saw him, yeah. he was a number two. Well, and you're the coach of the Ravens, you know, we spoke about this off air, but he's predicting that this could be the Ravens best wide receiver group core ever. I know you just you talked about how they've drafted or they've signed what <laughs> five first round former first round draft picks. Yeah, is I actually correct? got into an uh, argument with somebody on Twitter over this. They're trying this to this is classic that, that like they have five first round wide receivers in that room and all of them are garbage. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, but Jim except Harbaugh, for, uh, except for the one that's just got drafted, Zay Flowers. We don't know about him yet, but like Nelson Algalore has been with a bunch of teams. Um, who was the guy they just signed? You got from um, Minnesota. Oh, he uh, was terrible. Big, ba- tall Bateman. guy and slow. Ba- Bateman. No, that's not Bateman. No. That's University of Minnesota. I was talking about the Minnesota Vikings. Um, mm. Laquan Treadwell. 
Oh, yes. Can't get separation, can't get any speed, doesn't run routes for crap, but he's like this great guy they just brought in. You know, I, I'm just, I'm like, I'm over it. Like, like this is like the biggest hype job that you can get. Well, and the best part is, like, so he was quoted, the coach was Harbaugh saying, this group might be the best wide receiver core. It's up to them, but I'm very excited about them. The group will be led by 30-year-old Odell Beckham Jr. Like, okay. There we go. <laughs> Well, that's that, when there were report that OBJ is trying to get DeAndre Hopkins to come to Baltimore. Yes, yes. So if you have five first-round picks, you get this great situation, although they still have to prove themselves, according to The Athletic, and they still have to actually play games. But if you got all these drafted, why do you need DeAndre Hopkins? Oh. And who's, how are they going to pay DeAndre Hopkins? They won't pay Lamar Jackson, but they'll pay OBJ $15 million guaranteed. And do you think DeAndre Hopkins is going to go for less than that? I mean, he might because he has to, but you, you think he wants to? I just want you wonder. I mean, Hopkins is like you talked about this last time. He's in no hurry to sign. Right. He can sit there, kind of monitor the various teams. Um, he's wanting that big money and he could wait. Yep. He could even wait until the season starts. Yeah. Yeah. He could sit out a whole season if he wanted. Mm. He get paid fifteen million dollars next year, and everybody think he's great because he set out a whole season. Gosh! And if he wanted to get an injury, that would only help him with his mystique, his aura of how great he is, be even that much more. Go out and get hurt, and somehow you'll be better after you got through your injury than before you got injured. Mm-hmm. Ah, the life of Odell. I am not good at football anymore. Mm. So <laughs> let's well, let's move on. You know, to the, his, Ravens. the, the, the other ahead. highlight for OBJ recently was that he. Uh, was the start your engines? No, I'm sorry. Uh, mount your horses. <laughs> Something like yeah. Uh, for, this for was the Preakness back about three weeks ago. He. Yeah, I was trying was, to figure that one out. Yes. that's where I got the whole "I'm not famous." Jockeys anymore. to your horses or something. <laughs> riders so, up or some. Riders up. Thing. That's right. Riders up. This is where I got the whole like "I'm not famous anymore" thing. Like, how is this guy famous? Like to do that at like a, a horse. You a said he caught one pass back in 2000. Was that 16 that he caught that pass that over his head? In a game they lost. Yes. In a game they lost. And like that's has been his whole career. I, hmm. I just, what's he done since? Somebody will be a smart aleck and respond, but what know, the hell was that all about? Yeah, what, oh. the hell? what the hell? Why is this guy still famous? I don't even understand. I don't understand. Like, I want to go out and do something and live off that for the rest of my life. Keep getting uh, contracts. Hey, look, I cut a ball eight years ago, so I think you should uh, you should let me have. I'm gonna stop sharing here. Though I'm getting notices okay. to stop sharing my screen. Oh, <laughs> I cut a ball eight years ago. Give me fifteen million dollars, and and the people pay him. People yes. pay him. So, you know, good yeah. for the Ravens. We're just jealous, Joel. We're just jealous. All right, whatever. Speaking of people paying ridiculous amount of money for things, it's time uh. for our ownership oh wait 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 i gotta say this is this is my favorite segment okay now we're into his favorite segment all right let's play it we are the borg your culture will adapt to service us resistance is futile that's right resistance is futile so one of the reasons i wanted to have john on was that he was having the the little get together with the fanatical elves podcast which i couldn't make last week and you know they were talking about gambling and people were kind of getting pretty upset about they should just not bet on football why do people it's not that hard don't bet on football blah 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 well i just want to again set the record straight the situation here is these owners are heavily financially invested in all these gambling apps they bring these gambling apps in they set up places in the stadium for these things to happen. They bombard you. I mean, I can't watch the Guardians on TV without watching 15 ads for sports gambling. And you know it's going to be bad when the Browns are on because the NFL owners own all these things. You know, so they're pumping this and pumping this and pumping this. Like it is, it is like mass marketing, like a, a tutorial in math. It's like 1984 out there, right? You've got all these screens everywhere telling you to gamble, mm. okay? So then the players, they're people too. They see this nonstop. So they decide to gamble. And then the owners, because they own all these apps, 
know exactly who's doing it, when they're doing it, why they're doing it, how they're doing it. Again, this sounds really like 1984. Mm. It really does, right? By the way, I'm referring to George Orwell's book, 1984, about domination, control, about mm. <clears throat> society just being brutally oppressed. Okay. I think it actually fits here with the board. So you got this 1984 kind of atmosphere with people being advertised to and advertised to we'll give you this we'll give you that we'll give you these we'll give you those i was reading this article on the athletic where the article itself had five five advertisements to join their gambling ring basically Mm, mm. so i want to point out like the suspensions that have gone on here there have been some suspensions for people gambling on football Mm -hmm. so that is a legitimate thing Mm -hmm. okay there are people being like calvin ridley placed a bet that the Falcons would win a game while he was on injured reserve at home. Mm -hmm. You've got players on the Colts, I believe it's the Colts, that have been placing bets on the Colts to win football games, Mm -hmm. I believe, and they're being suspended indefinitely. There are some players who are placing bets on golf and other sports, Mm -hmm. but because they're doing it on company property, Mm -hmm. they're being suspended for six games. So I don't think it's as easy as just don't bet on football. It's over with. I think there's a lot of propaganda. There's a lot of push. There's a lot of bet, 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 bet. Mm -hmm. We're going to put it in the stadium. We're going to put it in your face. We're going to put it around you all the time Mm -hmm. to the point where you're just brainwashed into, I need to bet. I need to bet. And then when they do it, they suspend them for it and then keep Mm -hmm. their paychecks. It's just Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's my take. But I want, John, I want to give you a chance to give your take on some of this. Well, my take is very similar to your take, and I think it's double standards. I think it's hypocrisy. I think it's just they're, everything that you say about it. The more I listen to your show and listen to your takes about the Borg, the more it makes so much sense. And the more you talk about things like the book 1984, it really is. Um, it is. Stunning. It's like 1984 it, out there. It really is stunning. Um, but the, it's a way for the owners and these NFL teams and the NFL itself to control everything. And um, while, you know, some of our, our buddies uh, have said, which the, the players should not be betting. Um, it's so inundated right now. And like you said, they're adding it to where we'll go to Cleveland Brown stadium and, you can, they, they want you to bet. What are we, you know, the minute we get out of the stadium until this point, I mean, you go down the street, down East third or ninth street and you go into the casino, Bali's mm-hmm. casino. I mean, so there's constant um, overlap and you know, this is a history lesson. I mean, you could probably talk about this endlessly about over time and, and gambling and sports and leadership and politics and how it's all, been mixed around for decades i mean centuries so this isn't really anything new the the concept but now what they're doing with the gambling and how addictive it's become i mean when Mm -hmm. i got the apps you know this i mean it it came to ohio in january oh my god like before before january rolled around we were being thrown bazillions of emails and then when you sign up then you're given all this free money and free Mm -hmm. opportunity and and i I took, you know, some opportunities and, and did some things and because it was considered free, you know, money. And mm-hmm. that's how they get you. And they bring you it's back. In. It's like drugs, man. It like, really at is. first it's fun. And then you're like addicted to it. And then you just can't stop. And you keep pouring your money into it. I just I mean, think this is like, yeah. like, like Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft are like the pimps. They're yeah. like gambling pimps. Totally. Right? And I just, well, not you know, say pumps. I, they're like the drug lords. They're the yeah. gambling drug lords. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, it's, it's interesting the, the variety of takes on this, but you know, uh, the idea that some people just say, well, you just shouldn't gamble on sports. It's just so you can't expect that. It's like, you know, we all have cell phones and, you know, now, and you're not like, well, kids in school, like, you know, I'm an educator. So oh, yeah. you know, we're, cell we expect, we expect kids not to use cell phones, but uh, that's, that's highly, you can't do that. <laughs> They're inundated everywhere. Um, you know, anyway, I think as far as the gambling's concerned, um, it's not going anywhere. It's not going to get better. Um, they may have to, the, 
I'll be interested to see what the NFL does like with your Borg segment, because these are some things that I'm sure that they are aware of the, the, the league, the owners, and they will continue to manipulate. And it's, it's very interesting. Um, your take on this, I think you're spot on and uh, we'll see what happens next, but I'm glad that you're, you're taking the time to really research it and understand it and try to get that out to other people because it can be overlooked and like, Oh, we're just having fun or this or that. But you know, these players that are getting hooked into it, you know, we'll see who who gets suspended next and for what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I just, I, I think it's not the same we do not live in the same world as we used to live in, say, even mm-hmm. 20 years ago. The cell phone, and particularly the smartphone, has really changed the way we interact with our world. No longer do you have to walk in front of a screen to to find an advertisement. That advertisement's right in your hand. Yes. You know, and, like, when you get on something like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or something like this, if you're not paying to use the app, then you are the product meaning they're tracking you, they're creating an algorithm on you, they're going to find out what you're doing, how you're doing it, why you're doing it, what you're interested in, what you're looking up, so they can tailor... They're driving, they're ad- driving they our brains crazy. Yes, they're they're, tailor- yeah, they're, they're, they're tailoring advertisements well, I've to been, you. I've been on this, this phone while we've been doing our podcast. I've probably gotten various messages, text messages. I've gotten uh, advertisements from various sources. So, I mean, this is happening all the time. They're yeah. trying to distract you. And this is all a mm-hmm. big, you know, a big distraction. It, it's, Why? It's, because, because they then, want your money, right? They, that if you're distracted, you're not paying attention, you're not focused. Well, and so you're going to get yeah. into one of my philosophy lectures. And I, I can't go there. This is, <laughs> this is why you study philosophy, but I can't go there right here. I got to talk about this other athletic article. So there's a new athletic article out on this specifically talking about the Colts. All right. And I, it just reminds me of somebody who just doesn't understand. It's like the, the athletic came out and broke taboo, right? They actually wrote an article that talks about what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. So then like, I'm guessing that the Borg called up them up and said, if you want to continue talking about the NFL, you're going to fix this. So they wrote this mm. next article that makes no sense whatsoever. And I want to read you a paragraph. Okay. Out of this. And, uh, some of a couple paragraphs some of it makes sense but not all of it makes sense okay okay but this is not all that complicated here's the quote don't bet on nfl games that's plain english then the author continues i understand this argument that this ranks as the height of hypocrisy the leagues and their teams are in bed with fan duels and DraftKings. not just in bed people they own DraftKings and fan and sports wagering everywhere, you simply can't escape it. So maybe you should ask you ask this question. If it's legal in Indiana, why can't Rogers bet on the NFL? And here's where I'm having the problem with this article. They say, and I quote, This is about protecting the integrity of the game. Far more than potentially egregious than a team using deflated footballs. Now we've got uh-huh. our straw man set up. Uh-huh. As it stands, fans often watch games and believe the fix is in. That officials on the take or whatever. Yep. The one thing pro sports must protect is the sanctity of fair competition. When NFL players bet on the NFL, it undermines the hard-won assumption that all the games are on the up and up. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know a single person who truly, truly believes that NFL games are on the up and up. Right. I haven't met one person who truly, in their core of who they are, truly believes that every single game they watch is actually determined by what the players are doing on the field. Now, I'm not saying this is pro wrestling. We got a script and we got a heel and we've got a, a this or that. But what we have is right here, the officials. You have to go in there. I mean, how many, I, I tell you what, when football season starts, there will be an, an officials hate segment because that is the other thing I ran about nonstop is how terrible officials are. Those officials, I swear to you, they are on the take. Somebody is paying officials. Dan Snyder was reportedly to have been bribing officials. It came out in a tweet. Mm-hmm. And then an article was going to come out and was going to describe it all. Then that article never came out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, was it just made up? Did the NFL come in and say, you're not going to report that? I don't know. But 
I just I've watched too many football games, been a part of too many football games to see what's happening on Sunday and truly believe there isn't a misthrown flag or a mm-hmm. purposely thrown flag on some crap that happens 20,000 times in the game in the exact same scenario that you're not throwing a flag on. Mm-hmm. And officials can can alter the outcome of a game mm-hmm. by making it harder or easier for a team to score. But that's not why the but that's not why the team loses. No, that's always the, the you know people will say, well, that's not the reason why the, the the Browns lost. I mean, you can argue about the refs, you know, doing this or that, but it's not really why the Browns lost. I mean, you get into that kind of argument all the time. There, there, that argument is out there because you can say if we'd executed better, the officials would have been inconsequential, mm-hmm. and that is absolutely true. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into like coaching stories, but mm-hmm. it's absolutely true. If you can play a perfect game of football you can overcome rotten officials. Right. You can. But rotten officials can make your life hell. Like, they can. You can get a first down. They're going to call a stupid penalty that doesn't even look like a penalty. Right. And we've all seen it. And they're going to run it back, not only back to the line of scrimmage, but 10 yards behind it and make it harder for you to get a first down. Then Uh you've got a punt and the other team's got the ball. That's how officials intervene in games. Uh But to tell me you're trying to protect the integrity of the game by making sure people aren't gambling on it, that's not how you're protecting the integrity of the game. You're protecting the integrity of the game by getting these officials under control. Uh And they're not real motivated to do that right now. And I don't understand why that's the case. They don't want to have these full-time officials. They don't want to have officials seminar. They don't want to, like, really open them up to questions either. I mean, isn't the NFL, though, I mean, we're in a time and period where the NFL is just raking in the money right now. And they know even all these diversions, all these mm-hmm. things that we're talking about with refereeing is all kind of helping the brand, right? I mean, it's creating more um, divisiveness. People are tuning in, right? Isn't this? Yeah, and you're going to get me on another rant. This is, this is. <clears throat> so all, the NFL. All their, this is, we are the Borg. <laughs> you're going to, this is, this is another, we are the Borg moment. So I'm going to. I'm going to play this because this is a We Are the Borg moment. We are the Borg. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. So the NFL is in the live entertainment business. Yes. Do you know who else is in the live entertainment business? Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling's in the live entertainment business. They're not in the sports business. They're not in the football business. They're in the live entertainment business. And live entertainment seeks to draw crowds, Mm -hmm. seeks to draw audiences. And the NFL knows what franchises are bringing in money and what franchises are not bringing in money. What franchises you can get to bring in more money by keeping them down as opposed to letting them go higher. Mm -hmm. So you you can engineer a playoff scenario if you wanted to. If you wanted to. Now, I'm not saying this is an organized task from the NFL headquarters. Mm. This may just be what it had been reported as earlier, which is certain owners are paying off officials to get better calls. Mm. It may be at that level that this stuff is going on, but it's going on. It's hard to deny it's going on, Mm -hmm. but it may just be at like this owner's paying officials, that owner's paying officials. But the NFL knows if you got Pittsburgh or Dallas, who are your two like most popular teams, in the playoffs, you're going to get better ratings than if you're playing uh, the Chargers, who nobody follows, right, and nobody cares about. So, if you'd you rather have carries, do you think it carries over to like? I mean, obviously, I think it does. The NBA, for example, the NBA just got stuck with Denver and Miami in the finals, and who watched it? No one did. I mean, it was devastating for the for the NBA, and so you, you wonder how much um, push. I mean, obviously, they're pushing. For those same scenarios for the better teams, but this last not season the, the better NBA, teams, the the more popular teams, yes, the teams with the the biggest fan bases, right? Yes, um, I mean Denver. You don't consider the Denver Nuggets as a uh, basketball town, <laughs> right? But if the Lakers were in the finals, oh yeah, people are going to be paying attention. Yes. If LeBron James is in the finals, people are going to be paying attention. Yeah. So I, I think this is kind of what goes into some of this stuff. But the NFL could legally fix these games and there'd be no legal repercussions because their their business is live entertainment. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not sporting athletic events, it's live entertainment. But I'm gonna sound like a crazy kook today, so I need to stop this before <laughs> I go off the deep end on all this. 
But, you know, if you want to protect the integrity of the game, I'm not worried about NFL players betting on their team to win. Um, should they do it? No. Don't go out there, Pete Rosen yourself. Don't go out there betting on your team. Stop that stuff. But you don't get fines. You don't get warnings. You don't, you're just like immediately thrown to the curb. Mm-hmm. I, I just, this is crazy stuff, mm-hmm. man. That you bombard and bombard and bombard and bombard and bombard to the point where you can't think straight without thinking I got to place a bet. And then once you do it, you're suspended and you lose more money on your suspension than you did if you it really is making it a really bet. Is, it's so screwed up. I mean, it really you, you're talking about you know if you're force feeding the general population in stadiums now and trying to get them to you know because they're already drunk they're already drinking heavily and they're going to go spend more money and the nfl the owners they know this and they're just inundating all of us with it mm-hmm. and yet we turn around and we we put these other players we we throw the book at them and it's just nuts yeah i, I just wonder on the level of advertising if more advertising dollars is spent either a in a dictatorship to put the dictator's face all over the place to you know show the level of oppression that must go on or b gambling apps in the united states and i'm telling you there's probably more money and more exposure for gambling in the united states than there is for dictatorships trying to control their countries and a lot of the propaganda is how you control your population in a dictatorship I know because I'm a dictator. No, I'm not a dictator. <laughs> That's just my nickname from college. The dictator is my nickname. Oh, there you go. It comes out. I like it. Yeah, that's that's you why if you ever see me on We Are the Borg. That is the left guard, Joel Cade. <laughs> I'm not the Borg. I'm just I'm just a dictator out there. Petty little drug lord dictator. Now that was my nickname in college. That's why I have Fidel Castro as my picture on Facebook. Ah, uh, now I'm, I'm it, all, it all makes sense. Yes, I'm the dictator. But all right. Well, look, we've had fun today, but I can't go on sounding like a madman forever. So, John, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, everybody, make sure you check out John's show, the Johnny Cleveland Show. Check out Football Philosophy and Rocket Science, where Elliot and I will disagree on pretty much everything we bring up. And make sure you check out the Phonetic Love Show on Thursday, where sometimes I make an appearance and sometimes I don't. Um, and then we've got Rod Bloom show, right? That was uh, Brown's yep. Blitz. Yep. It's had their 200 episode, I hear. He did good for them. Um, Tune in, find out. The more you tune in, the more you find out. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. Yeah, keep listening because where else are you going to find all this crazy crap?